Hello and welcome to episode 97 of the Nerd Out Loud podcast, where we talk about the things that you nerd out about, and we nerd out about, and everybody nerds out about. Today is Friday, June 19th, the year of our Lord, 2015. I am Jeremy Holmes. I am joined here by my wonderful, lovely, smiling, bubbly co-host, friend, fellow adventurer, co-captain, co-pilot, comrade, comrade, partner in life, in crime, and in love, Christina Wise. Hello. How are you doing, Christina? I'm super tired. Yeah? Yes. Well, you know what I say to you? Christy, turn that frown upside down. You need to get some positive energy going. Re-energize your chakra. I don't think that's a thing. I think I think it'll be I think it'll be fantastic. Uh, you know, we have an exciting show tonight, as always. It's not what was planned necessarily, uh, but it you know it is uh, it is what we have. So it's what uh, it's what you're gonna get. We're gonna talk about. I feel like. It's been a crazy week, at least for me, maybe for you. It's, it feels like it's been kind of a crazy week. There's a lot going on. There's been a lot going on in the news. There's been a lot going on in our lives. But especially in the news, there's been a few, you know, events, I guess, in the last couple weeks that have caused a great upheaval in the world of social media and kind of online circles and uh, I, I wanted to just like it's kind of raised some some thoughts for me, and I wanted to talk with you about them and see what you thought, hear your perspective and your viewpoint, because I know we're coming from two very different places when it comes to how we approach social social media and <laughs> interactions online and stuff like that. Um, but first, I just wanted to address we did talk about last week about having. Uh, there, there was a movie that I talked about, a documentary called Treasure Trapped, that is having a screening here in Seattle. It's a documentary about LARPing. And uh, we were supposed to have some people from the production company, maybe the director or at least one of the producers on the show to, to talk about their project. And uh, uh, we had even set up some times to record with them uh, multiple times through the weekend last week and early last week. And then, uh, and then they just kind of disappeared. They stopped interacting or, you know, they, they said, awesome. That sounds great. We're super excited. They wanted to get the word out about their thing. Uh, Cause they have an event coming up here in Seattle on the 27th. And I was hoping to get them on to, to, to come talk about it. Cause I'd love to get some people coming out to the event to see this movie. They're screening it at a movie theater here in Seattle. Um, and, uh, they just kind of disappeared. I don't know if they got busy or I, I know they're over on the other side of the pond as, uh, <laughs> as they say, some, some say, uh, and are actually have now traveled over to this side of the, the pond, um, to, uh, to do some showings of the movie, including it sounds like one in Seattle. So, uh, maybe they just got busy with travel or something, but, Sorry. And then we had a backup guest. The backup guest, that fell through. So I figured we would talk about the fun and exciting world of uh, getting in fights on the internet. Are, are you uh, rolling your eyes at me for some reason? Or? No. Oh, okay. I, I, I was, you know, I feel like um, 
I feel like it might have been in the, 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 these folks from Treasure Trapped. It might have been in their best interest to come on the show considering what happened with the whole beef jerky situation. We had, we had a beef jerky enthusiast on the show. Uh, and as a result, the, the word got out, uh, somehow as a result of our show, some personal chef from the Today Show or that's, that does work on the Today Show ended up hearing about it. And then one of these small beef jerky places that we talked about on, on our podcast ended up getting featured on uh, the Today Show and has now had like three TV appearances every time they get on TV. Now, this guy, the, the guy that owns the store, sends me a message on Facebook and it's just like, thank you so much. Uh-huh. <laughs> we just got on uh, we got on Food Network or whatever. So it's... um. You we know. we need to to put a tagline as seen on TV, mm-hmm. kind of. Yeah, I know. That's what I told him. I was like, "Well, he's like, if there's ever anything I can do for you, it's like, uh, <laughs> I guess you could tell some people about the show if you want. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe next time you're on the Today Show, ask them if they're looking for uh, uh somebody to pitch ideas because we've got all sorts of ideas. <laughs> but anyway, so you know, hopefully, uh. Maybe we'll hear from those guys at Treasure Trapped. I don't know. Either way, I still hope I am able to get out there and see the movie. It sounds like it might be interesting. Can't wait. Yeah. Do you have anything you wanted to share or talk about, Christy? Anything that's on your heart? Hmm. Mm-mm. No? No. No. Okay. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, let's just uh, let's just dive right into it, I guess. Uh, so there's been like... There's been a ton of crazy stuff happening in the news. Some of it kind of lighthearted and interesting. Some of it not so <laughs> lighthearted. Uh, tragic, I would say. There was this, of course, the Caitlyn Jenner, you know, situation happened that situation. came out with a, she had like a, was it Vogue? Vanity Fair, mm-hmm. uh, where, a, you know, a former, a former Olympic athlete. Came out as transgender and uh, announced that her name is now Caitlyn and uh, had a wonderful photo shoot on the front of Vanity Fair. That was kind of a big deal. It caused, caused quite the stir on social media. Did you have any feelings about that? I had feelings in that I had to just not be on social media. Why? Because I can't stand ignorant people. Oh, yeah. Well, so, okay. Well, here's the thing. So, I... I I always I've shared before that sometimes when everybody gets on like their hobby horses or when when things get really popular I don't think it's general, called hobby horses I think it's high horse No I mean like when things get really popular in general like when okay. when people it's like get obsessed with something horse. No there's it's called there's something called a hobby horse that's the same That that's a little kid toy No the little plastic horse but That's the same like people getting on their hobby horse like no. uh, it's like when people get obsessed obsessed with something No I'm sure that that's the same. No. <laughs> I'm positive that it is. Okay. It has to be. Okay. Well, when people like, okay, when people collectively, when there's like something gets very popular or kind of blows up, oftentimes it gets really annoying because people mm-hmm. are posting about it constantly or whatever. So you're not saying that. You're not saying that you were annoyed because, because for a few days there was a lot of Caitlyn Jenner articles, every different Everyone was talking about it angle, at work. What I've... Here's how everybody feels about it. Here's why this is appropriate. Here's why this is inappropriate. 
There was a lot of that. So you're not saying that you were annoyed because of just the quantity of articles or what, what was it that annoyed you about the situation? Um, the quantity and people speaking about it the way that they were. And I just really, especially at work, I heard some people talking about it and I really just wanted to like go up and yell at them. Yeah. Cause they're just making hurtful or rude comments or mm-hmm. whatever. What, like what? I mean, I, I, I mean, don't I tell, say a, what they were, but I corrected a couple of them, but mm-hmm. then it just got tiring. Um, because then they just kind of look at me and walk away. Mm-hmm. So I don't, I don't know. Yeah. I, you know, I remember, I remember when I, I think that sometimes people, uh, maybe with the best of intentions say things out of genuine curiosity uh, that come off as extremely ignorant and extremely hurtful because they're not necessarily thinking through, thinking through their words. Okay. Because they don't have experience with this kind of stuff. Like I, I say this as somebody that a lot of these. I mean, I grew up very conservative Christian. I did not have a lot of exposure to, um, like the liberal world. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, of anything outside of pretty traditional traditional that that's probably a word that I shouldn't use to explain it. <laughs> uh you know, pretty I don't know the right word. Straightforward like <laughs> your face is just I don't classic. know what to say. I mean, this is like this is this is part of the struggle that I have with today where sometimes I'm just scared to say anything because I'm going to say the wrong thing or i'm going to say something hurtful or offensive and i do not intend to, i do not intend to be offensive or rude but i grew up not i, a, think that I didn't have a, a lot of exposure though. to uh you know homosexual lesbian gay or anyone that's not white or christian yeah yeah i didn't have a lot of exposure <laughs> to that and so a lot of stuff I I I, ha- I feel like I have a lot of uh, ground to to cover, or you know, I have a lot to learn, and so I. But all to, that to say, I remember when we had we had a um a a, a cross dresser on the show. No, drag queen. Drag queen, yes. different than cross dresser. Yes. Jesus. Okay, <laughs> we had a drag queen on the show, which is totally separate from somebody that's trans. Very different. Transgender. Yes. Uh, but we had a drag queen on the show and we were talking about, um, her struggle, not struggle, but her, um, kind of coming out as a homosexual male. And I said something about the homosexual lifestyle Mm -hmm. and, uh, she corrected me. Mm -hmm. (laughs) She, she corrected me very clear, you know, very lovingly, just not to use the word lifestyle because it kind of implies like a choice, like something that you're choosing mm-hmm. to do. And there's just lots of stuff that I don't think about when it comes to these issues around sexuality and gender and, you know, things that are outside of uh, my norm, I'll say, or things that I w- grew up exposed to. And so I think that there are there are people that make missteps uh, when talking about issues like this, where maybe they refer to Caitlin as a he or they refer to Caitlin with her uh, old name that she had before. Mm-hmm. I guess the term is dead name. Oh, okay. Have you heard this? I have not. 
I started following a, a bunch of um, transgender people on Twitter because okay. I'm trying to like learn. learn and right apparently words. it's called dead naming when okay. you use somebody's old name. And it's extremely offensive. It's considered extremely offensive and transphobic and, mm-hmm. and attacking. There are people that would use that would use her dead name uh, in a very in an intentionally hurtful way. And there mm-hmm. are people that would use it out of confusion or misunderstanding or whatever. And I think that the issue for some people is that when they misstep, um, oftentimes they're dealing with a community of people that have been very like shit upon mm-hmm. <laughs> for lack of a better term like these people that are transgender have a lot of uh adversity to face just because of the culture that they're in and uh and they've just put up with a lot of shit and so sometimes the fuse is is short and understandably so and so people misstep and then they you know get called ignorant get called names and they just kind of shut down and i feel like it's not helpful but so you're saying that you saw lots of people kind of making missteps. Yeah, well, there's a difference between misstep and being vicious. Intentionally like yes. a shitty person. And yeah. I saw both. And when there would be a misstep, I'd say, actually, <laughs> yeah. actually you call her Caitlin and she is now she. fully a woman. <laughs> That's what you call her. Um, and then, yeah, so I just said that. And for the oh, sorry, I didn't know. And um whatever like oh that's kind of cool like that's one yeah and then the other was just terrible terrible comments not very nice not very nice and if i'd say hey you know that that's pretty hurtful (laughs) and maybe you don't say that i just had looks or rolled their eyes or walked away yeah yeah well and i also heard i heard lots of people complaining about I, I i shouldn't say lots of people i saw a number of people complaining that they were just tired of of hearing about this situation like i don't know why it's news i don't care or they were upset because you know they're like oh, it's just another member their... of the kardashian clan like nobody cares it's just a stupid reality what, tv what made or... me mad is that people actually thought that this was a way to get more ratings yeah that really pissed me off yeah because yeah. it's a huge life decision something that you know, she struggled struggled with her whole life and mm. a huge decision to do, yeah. not just for ratings. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and I would say that, uh, yes, there was a whole lot of attention paid to Caitlyn and this whole coming out and all that kind of stuff. But also, it's a huge deal. It, like, it actually is a big deal. I, I think that that's never happened before where kind of somebody – like a, a especially an athlete like mm-hmm. somebody that's in the sports world uh i mean uh caitlin jenner was formerly a olympic i can't remember runner. track star or runner mm-hmm. or something won a bunch of medals kind of the equivalent of like a michael phelps but for running mm-hmm. and so it's a huge deal that somebody like that would come out as transsexual transgender transgender yes, transgender Jesus christ <laughs> i'm so terrified to say <laughs> well anything. the thing is that uh another thing is that the names the labels or the names change often yeah and so that that is not so bad i mean there's offensive words that of course you're not you don't use but um yeah it it definitely used to be transsexual that used to be the word and that's not the word that we use anymore yeah yeah so okay so right after the right after the this situation with Caitlyn Jenner, there was uh, 
I'm going to butcher her last name, but there was somebody from Spokane, Washington, uh, as many call it, the Hawaii of uh, the the Hawaii of Eastern Washington, yes. or the the Hawaii of Washington State, Spokane, Washington, uh, or I call it Spokompton. Yeah, who was the uh, Spokanistan? Is another one yeah. I've heard. Um, uh, some the head of the NAACP out there, a woman by the name of Rachel Dozel. Dolazel. Dolazel. <laughs> Dolazel. Uh, and that will probably be one of the last times I try and say her name. On this this probably should be the last time we talk about her. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, kind of got busted, I guess, for being a white person that's pretending to be black. Mm-hmm. And me and you had like a, a pretty lengthy conversation about that the other day, just because right when it happened, there was a lot of people that were saying, I don't see how it's any different than the situation with Caitlyn Jenner. Mm-hmm. A lot of people are saying, well, if somebody can be transgender, then they can be trans race. Like if somebody can say, I am actually a woman, then why can't somebody that has white skin say, I am actually black? Because biologically they have white skin, so why can't they say, mm-hmm. right? And, and so there's a lot of people saying that and making that comparison. And I like on the surface, I see that and I... I kind of understand. Like I said, largely as a result of the situation with Caitlin coming out as transgender, I started following locks, uh, a number of trans transgender people on social media, trying to like learn and figure stuff out. And every single one of them was saying they're totally different. You can't make comparisons. It's not the same, but I like, I couldn't really understand why, but you found a couple articles. I was, I couldn't put into words. I couldn't articulate why it wasn't the same but i just knew that it wasn't and i couldn't figure out how to say it because you kept asking me why isn't it different and i saw people um talking about it and i just knew it's just not right and so i kept googling Mm -hmm. articles and finally one came up i think it was about three days later and i think it's really great and transracial is actually something yeah but it's the the term is when there are um a different race child adopted into like a white family adopting an asian child right that the child uh has a transracial they're brought up in a white culture they don't feel like they fit because they don't look like the family Mm -hmm. but they don't know their own culture of where they actually came from Mm -hmm. So that's what transracial is. She's not transracial. Transracial. Something's something's messed up in her head. Mm-hmm. Or she was just using it to get ahead, which is what. Yeah, she did. which it seems like. I mean, there's lots so, of little things that have come right. out that seem kind of <laughs> suspect. I guess. I think and that whole I, family is a little. There's off. some craziness. Yeah, I mean, her parents are. Hey, shout out to the crazy, super conservative Christian homeschoolers out there. Uh, I is one, <laughs> or was one, I guess. Uh, it sounds like her parents are, you know, crazy, super conservative Christian homeschool parents. And also, uh, you know, I, I would say that many of those, many families that are in situations like that, it's actually an abusive situation for the kids and it's not a safe environment and it's not healthy. And I mean, even looking back at my life, I can see just areas that were extremely problematic and, and my parents weren't even crazy. Right. <laughs> they weren't even uh, anywhere near 
anywhere near that level of crazy. This was a situation where I just got done saying that I get really, uh, I was annoyed with people complaining about Caitlyn Jenner having so much media because it actually is a big deal. Mm-hmm. This Rachel woman, I feel like, has gotten way more, mm-hmm. now she's, way more attention. Than she's getting she a reality should. show, and I feel like I saw, I saw somebody say. A, a black person say only a white person could get this much attention for being black. <laughs> right. Well, and what made me angry is that so people, white people mostly were saying, let's just forget about the lies that she told. And let's think about the great stuff that she did for the community. And that is true. She was an advocate, but now is her time to actually advocate yeah. and, if she wants to be a spokesperson for this community, she needed to come out and say, hey, why, while this was happening, this many unarmed black men were killed. Or yeah. this this is a stat that I'm going to say and this is true or wh- whatever. Fill in the blank. That's what she should be saying instead of talking about how she does her fucking hair. Yeah. It's ridiculous well i mean not only is that what she's talking about but those are the types of questions that people are asking her like right. how did you but she can re- you she can refer right she can like, change uh can i don't want to talk about yeah. the tanning bed i went to yeah. i want to talk about this yeah. you know yeah yeah and the Just conversation disgusting. becomes very centered on the her whiteness i guess right. and the fact that she's white as opposed to maybe the community that she was trying to amplify their voice of that she has now effectively silenced because she's right. occupying all of mm-hmm. this space and kind of everybody's collective conversation, including ours. <laughs> so I guess, uh, so another crazy now, white trash person gets a reality show. Awesome. Uh, Great job. America contributed to that problem, uh, ourselves. So, and then most recently there was a horrible shooting in, South Carolina. <laughs> Charleston. Charleston, which is in South Carolina, <laughs> right? Yes. A white man opened fire in a historic black church in Charleston, South Carolina, the night of June 17th, killing nine people, including a pastor during a prayer meeting. Okay, stop right there. Okay. I already have issues. <laughs> the fact that... Read that again. Uh, nine people are killed. Yes. Including a pastor. Including a Why? pastor. <laughs> there was a librarian. There were mothers. There were fathers. Why did he get called out for his position? Well, I, I don't know. I don't know. Because of I don't, Christian privilege, I guess. Right. Because now uh, we as what a society has happened, have collectively decided that pastors are more important, I guess. Maybe now, just... what has happened with this is that White Christians have taken this as there's a war on Christianity. Right. Yeah, a literal war. (laughs) And let's think about the history of violence in black churches that Mm. has happened because white people have burned churches down and killed children and bombed them. That's It's not about white people. It's not about Christianity. Yeah. When the guy openly says, I did this because they're black. Right. But then the media is like, oh... Yeah. It was a church and yeah. a pastor died. Yeah. That's a sad thing. Yeah. Yeah. So I I posted something. I posted something yesterday uh, that kind of sparked this whole thought 
and part of the reason that I wanted to have a conversation with you on the show about it. I posted something yesterday on social media that was like a screenshot. It was a screenshot of a couple of tweets. Did you see that by any No, chance? remember I've been off. Ever since the Rachel thing, I said I couldn't do it. Yeah. Yeah, I just muted that. I was able to mute that hashtag of that woman's name, the Rachel Dolezal and and all that stuff. So Twitter, like, it's pretty shut it's down. Pretty, yeah, pretty, I have no idea what's going on with her. But unfortunately, it still spills over into Facebook a little bit. So... I posted this picture uh, of this guy's tweets. It said, Tamir Rice, a 12-year-old child who was killed playing in a park, is criminalized, but Dylan Roof, an adult who murdered nine people, is humanized. Mm -hmm. By now, if you claim to not see uh, this bias, it's because you're not looking and or are completely unwilling to. And and Jesse Dollimore, a uh, friend of the show, Jesse Dollimore, we've probably had him on more than any other guest that I can think of. With He's had two segments. Mm -hmm. um, not going to be with us tonight, although I feel like all of this stuff we're talking about is right yeah. in his wheelhouse. So he's probably listening right now and mm -hmm. wondering why. Why he's not on here. He's not on, but maybe he can come on next week and talk about <laughs> It's because it's it. 1130 <laughs> on a Friday and Jeremy woke me up to do this. That's why you're not on here right now, mm -hmm. Jesse. Mm-hmm. So Jesse responded to this thing I posted and said, who is uh, humanizing Dylan Roof? And I said, lots of comments about how young Dylan looks, that he was tr a troubled young man, whereas those same people would say regarding Tamir that he looked much older or went after his family, etc. cetera. thug, um, posted pictures of him looking whatever. Right. Uh, and then I said, my interpretation of this dude's tweets is not that everyone is saying Dylan Roof was an angel, but rather pointing out the small differences in language that are sy symptomatic of a deeper issue. Yeah, I agree with that. So. And I posted something for the first time in days and i just because i had only seen a little bit because i had to go on facebook because of my other podcast mm -hmm. and i just saw either people saying the similar things to what you did or mm -hmm. tweets like that or opposite of people saying that you know the christians died and a pastor yeah. and it was what a tragedy so i just tweeted out angry tweeted um white christians this isn't about you mm -hmm. and with the hashtag that everyone's using um and I got a troll, uh -huh. my first one. Oh, yeah. congratulations. And he wrote, and he said, um, thank you, Casper. Yeah. And so I wrote back and said, you're welcome, and put a picture of Casper the ghost, which then I just found out that that's, that's like, a, I guess, a racist term. I looked it up, and uh, it's like calling like someone white. Or something? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. But the guy's white, yeah, conservative. You racist against white people. You'll <laughs> yeah. be okay. You'll be okay. Uh, oh, I don't care. I thought it was funny. It was my first troll. Right. So. Right. Congratulations. So th that's a great example. And what, what I posted, there's a lot of, there's lots of people saying lots of inflammatory, crazy things. There's emotions are high. There's lots of fighting. There's lots of disagreement. And you and I have very different you, we have somewhat different ways that we cope with this. Mm -hmm. And you you tend to, like, if you see stuff you don't like, if there's somebody that you follow on Facebook or Twitter or whatever that start is posting horrible things or stuff that you disagree with, I'll mm -hmm. say, you just shut it down. 
Well, you except for that person. except for when Jesse Facebook shamed me. So now I don't do that. <laughs> oh, really? I don't. So yep. you've changed. Mm-hmm. Why? Why have you changed? Uh, just his his comments, and I don't know. Like, I mean, so I think when you say Jesse Facebook shamed you, mm-hmm. he he said. I mean, what exactly did he say? He said you shouldn't shut those people down. You should keep sharing your ideas because yeah. maybe it will change someone's mind. Yeah. I, so and I come from the place where I don't think it will change anyone's mind. Yeah. So that's the thing. I hear that said all the time. I hear people say in situations like I hear people say uh, fighting on the Internet does no good mm-hmm. or it's not worth my time or like as soon as. Oftentimes, it's as soon as somebody disagrees with them, as soon as they feel backed into a corner, as soon as they don't no longer have a response for the line of reasoning that they were going down, they just shut down. They'll just delete the whole thread. They'll say, this is getting out of control. They'll say, this is getting emotional. They'll say, I don't want to fight on the internet. They, they'll say, it does no good. Nobody ever changes their mind. Do you mm-hmm. actually think that that's true? Like, do you, is that something that you really believe? Um... Yes. And this is why I think, because you believe that it has changed because you yourself have changed your thoughts Mm -hmm. and feelings on things because of things people have said in the internet. Mm -hmm. Here's what I, my theory on this is that you've probably had these thoughts and ideas for five years Mm -hmm. and I've had them almost my whole life Mm -hmm. and fighting and trying to teach people is really tiring. Mm-hmm. and I see little change in what it does. And so, I don't know. It just seems... Yeah? Mm-hmm. Yeah? I don't know. I mean, I... I don't know. I I think that we have... I think that we have a tremendous opportunity. I think that we live kind of in an unprecedented time when it comes to the dissemination and sharing of information. The fact that you and you or I can you know, punch out some stupid joke or a one-liner or whatever or post a picture and that could get shared with hundreds or thousands of people. I feel like that's a huge opportunity that we have. And 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 I think that I think that it actually does I think that it actually does make a difference and that it has the ability to and I almost feel like there's a little bit of responsibility that we have. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I'm very like idealistic (laughs) in general. (laughs) And so maybe I'm just making too big of a deal out of this because I realize maybe some people just get on Facebook to like look at pictures of their nephews, kids or whatever, like (laughs) check in and see how uncle Bob is doing. But I, I also feel like, I mean, what an awesome responsibility and what an awesome privilege and and thing it is that we have the ability to like convey information and convey and and share learn from each other and that kind of stuff am i making any sense mm-hmm. i heard uh one of my friends and this is like something that i've quoted multiple times now but one of my friends said something a while ago uh in regards to somebody saying it does no good to fight on the internet he said my best opinions i've stolen from people i once disagreed with after they showed me that the world wasn't as i was raised believing it to be and that has very much been my experience 
uh, over the last five or ten years probably mm-hmm. is j- listening to other people that I disagree with a lot of the time or that I don't understand where they're coming from and listening to them talk and hearing their stories and, you know, allowing my viewpoint to actually be changed. But you're saying like, it just doesn't happen. I mean, I, I don't want to say that my, my way is the way that it's going to work for everybody. Like just because I've been affected. I mean, I, I would tend to think that people can change and people will change and that it does some level of good. I don't know. What I mean, what do you think? Um, I don't know. I mean, I posted that video mm-hmm. and it <laughs> yeah. became a huge thread with 30 <laughs> comments. Yeah. And basically everyone on it saying, well, except two people, mm-hmm. um, trying to teach these two people mm-hmm. why the things they were saying are racist and yeah. homophobic and transphobic and everything yeah and she walked away and didn't get it yeah she does not get it and she won't ever get it maybe sure well but well number one that becomes i mean that that's going to be part in her map she's going to remember that interaction Mm -hmm. she's going to remember and there was there was a picture that she posted that was like a meme about Mm -hmm. caitlin jenner that was extremely is that a a meme going around yeah and it was extremely inappropriate and transphobic and hurtful and she got called out on it and she deleted it and i would say that she's going to remember that whether she agrees with it or not she's going to remember that and lord Mm -hmm. willing or lord whatever Mm -hmm. whatever willing uh it will maybe it'll prevent her from Maybe it'll prevent her from sharing it again. And I would say that even if she didn't have her mind changed, there are, I mean, how many friends do you have on Facebook? Three. You have three. <laughs> you have maybe 500, 800 friends. Oh, I don't think so. Thousand. I think 200. Oh. Well, okay. So you have 200 friends on there. It's that, that thread because of who commented and all that stuff and the way Facebook works, there are probably another 150 or 200 people that read through the comments on that thread. And I guarantee you that those people are watching whether they were participating or not, they're watching. And I, I guarantee you that people are learning from that or that it's impacting them in some way. I mean, that's been my personal story and I have to believe that it's that way for at least some other people. Okay. I don't know. I don't, I, (laughs) well, also the thing is that you are really good at internet fighting I, well, I get a weird enjoyment out yeah, of it. Yeah, you, you're really good at it. You um, not, are though. really articulate in what you're going to say, and you're really fast. And I think that that is a point. And I just go from, hey, I'm going to share this, <laughs> and someone puts up a shitty picture, and I instantly get mad. Yeah. And I don't want to teach that person anymore. Yeah. yeah. Well, and also, it's not necessarily your responsibility. And th- that was one of the things, like, when I when I first got into kind of, I don't know the right word for it, like, the they always get made fun of for being called social justice warriors or whatever, but, like, kind of online activists, or I would say activists that also most of these people are doing real activism in real life and doing things to better themselves and be part of their communities and that stuff. And they also, that lifestyle is echoed in their interactions online. So 
when I first kind of started observing that community and being a part of it myself and interacting with people like that, one of the, one of the mistakes that I made very often was thinking that because this person has strong opinions that are different than mine, they also then owe me an explanation. Mm. And I think that like, like you, there are lots of people that that is tiring for them. Understandably. So they don't, and it's also not their responsibility. Like there are, there was, there's a, 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 a woman named, oh, I don't know her real name because it's not on Twitter, but she's Moschetti on Twitter. Ma- Maggie, I think her name is. Anyway, she, um, she, uh, she's a writer and she's, she's a feminist and she has very strong opinions. And, uh, and she always says, she always says, I don't owe, I don't, ha- I, I don't need to educate you. Like mm-hmm. you can listen, but I don't have a responsibility to answer your questions. I don't have to explain myself to you. A lot of the questions that you're asking me are like feminism 101. You can go Google it. You can learn yourself. There's tons of resources out there. I don't, it's not my responsibility to teach you. And I like, I got into it with her multiple times back and forth because, uh, because I was like asking questions and I, it was of the best intent, but I was just adding my voice to the masses of people that are kind of pulling on her for information. And so, mm-hmm. uh, so I understand what you're saying. I mean, I, when I couldn't articulate the words of why it wasn't the same, I could have gone to, I have a few transgender friends. I could have asked them, but yeah. it's not the responsibility. Totally. So yeah, I looked for people that were already putting it out there. Yeah. Until there was a voice that rang true with what I was feeling. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's also, I mean, it has to be as good as it is that like Caitlin came out and did all this stuff and made all these steps that also has to be extremely draining for people that are outspoken about their sexuality in the sense where they say everybody knows that they're transgender because now everybody's probably coming to them and like you're our expert on trans so now you have to answer all these questions and that has to that has to get exhausting but Mm -hmm. i think that i don't know i think that one of the best things people can do uh is first of all i will say i would argue with you that i am not good at arguing on the internet <laughs> i like it but i'm not very good at it no, i feel I like i stumble really well. i feel like i stumble over my words a lot no i think you did a good job on that thread i read it oh the one on hours like, i mean oh, it was yeah. probably what eight hours i posted it in the morning the on your page yeah. and then i didn't read the whole interaction till eight hours later yeah yeah that was and some of it was removed by then because <laughs> <laughs> the lady had melted down and deleted a bunch of her stuff uh it's not racist if it's sarcasm. Yeah, that was the great. I, it was as if she was reading and from I think a handbook she meant, of like shitty white person. I think she responses. meant satire, but she said sarcasm. Yeah. It's a yeah. joke. Look it up. Yeah. She's posted something super racist and then got called out on it. And then she said, it's a joke. Sorry, you can't take a no. joke, guys. Okay. Uh, anyway, so. Jokes are funny. <laughs> I I think that. um I forgot where I was going. Oh, that's where I was going. So I would say one of the best things that people can do is like find, this is what I do. I will say this actually. I won't suppose that it will work for everybody. This is what works for me. I will find people that are very outspoken activists about a subject. Like I have feminists that I follow that are seem lots of people view them as, you know, they have strong opinions that are solid. Oftentimes I struggle with or disagree with or whatever. Uh, I find black people that are kind of speaking on behalf of the black community. I find 
you know, people, transgender people that are talking about transgender issues or whatever. And you can just listen. Like sometimes it's okay, especially in my position as like a kind of a, a, a not kind of as a white <laughs> um, cis male, <laughs> like I am the majority and I am the one with traditionally a lot of the like power in the world. But and you're also bald. So that gives you one click down, <laughs> right? Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that was for Mike. Uh, and I'll just like listen to them. And it's sometimes hard because I'll like want to jump into a conversation. Oftentimes the to more I'm ask motivated. questions, right? Well, oftentimes it's because I feel I think sometimes maybe I'm motivated out of like guilt. Like I feel bad that there are so many shitty white people out there being <laughs> shitty white people. And mm-hmm. so then I want to somehow like try and speak out or interact with these people to like let them know that I'm one of the good ones. Yeah, not all men. <laughs> I'm not, a, not all white people. But it is not helpful. And it adds to kind of the collective noise yes. that is part of the problem. So I don't know. I don't know. So, I mean, where do you, where do you land on Facebook fights? Do you think they're good? Do you think they're bad? fighting on the internet i mean it's kind of a generalization but uh i still meh no you're not i don't like fighting in general (laughs) i mean just even reading that interaction that you had was like making my blood boil yeah i already have enough anxiety and anger in my normal day Mm -hmm. um that i don't need to add that into my Facebook fun. Sure. All right. All right. Well, I'm glad you shared that thing. And I felt like it was a, I felt like it was a great conversation that happened as a result of it. Okay. So never change, Christy. <laughs> never change. Maybe I'll just post things like that and then back away slowly. <laughs> that's what I, that's another thing that I do enjoy doing. It's just kind of like saying intentionally inflammatory mm-hmm. things because I know that it'll get people talking and I have a bunch of really smart friends and I enjoy watching them debate each other. And then most of the stuff that I share on Facebook is public. And so anybody can see it. So then friends of friends and strangers and random people will start jumping in. It's always very exciting. Uh, and you know, I, I guess what I'm trying to say with all of this is, Jeremy Henson, I miss you uh, on Facebook, and I miss I miss you on Twitter, and I want you to come back. That's what that's what I'm saying. We have a friend friend of the show, Jeremy Henson, that has taken a sabbatical, I guess, or I don't know, quit. Social I think media. you've tried to do that. Eh. It only lasted a day or two. Yeah, yeah. I always get like really irritated with people when they quit social media. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I come up with all these reasons about how they're being, how it's like irresponsible of them or <laughs> they're being like self-righteous. Like I put them in the same category as people that, uh, that say they don't have TVs. Okay. Like when you mentioned the Kardashians, they're like, who? I don't even know who the Kardashians <laughs> are. I, I, I haven't had cable TV since, uh, 2003, whatever. I don't even own well, a TV. I always put stuff- people that quit social media in the same to people that say things like that, I just want to say, congratulations, <laughs> you are blind to the world. Yeah. 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 You're completely tone deaf. Uh, I really, I think my issue with people that quit social media is it just hurts my feelings because I like, <laughs> that's like my love language, like Twitter and Facebook and like, you know, just that's how we I all know that Jeremy. that's how I connect with people. Mm-hmm. That's how I make friends. 
Mm-hmm. A lot of our friends that we have today are people that we've met through those communities. Anyway. Anyway. Christy, you uh, you have that glazed over look in your eyes. So you know what that means. T-minus three minutes and counting. Five, four, three, two, one. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. It's time for everybody's favorite segment. This Week in Rat Space News. And boy... Do we have some crazy information for you? Some crazy news. Chris, are you ready? Bring it. This last Sunday. This last Sunday morning, we were getting up. Do you remember uh, uh, last year, late last year, November of last year, 2014, there there was a huge story in the news about a, a, a lander fillet mm-hmm. that we put on a comet. We... We mean humanity. It was the European <laughs> Space Agency. What's really ESA. funny? I need to pause. You get so annoyed when people say we about a sports team, mm-hmm. but you as the space community yeah. are okay with saying we. Well, no. When I say we, I just mean humanity. Like humanity right. put this refrigerator-sized, <laughs> a, a mini fridge, this mini fridge-sized thing. We landed it on a, a goddamn <laughs> comet. Going millions of miles an hour, spinning on an asymmetrical axis, you know. Anyway, it's insane. I should say millions of miles away. I apologize. Not millions of miles an hour. I can't remember how fast it's going. It's going very fast. It's a miracle that we landed this thing on there. It's a, Is it going a, as fast as you driving the Prius on the freeway? Faster. Because that's about 55. That. Yeah. Much faster. It's it's not a it's not a miracle. It's a science. It's it's a science. It's a science miracle. Math got us on this thing. Anyway, so you'll remember the the lander fillet. It was supposed to hit this one spot. It hit and bounced and bounced and bounced three different times over the course of about three hours, I think. It finally landed in like a cavern kind of situation up on its side. And because of that, it wasn't able to do all of its science objectives because it ran out of energy because it was in the solar powered. It was in the it's solar powered and it was in the shade. So this was in November. Uh, it went to sleep. It hibernated with the thought that as this comet, comets orbit around the sun and this comet is heading towards the sun and there's something called perihelion. I believe it's pronounced. I always want to say perihelion, but it's I think it's perihelion. And it's the closest point in its orbit to, to the sun. So it's approaching the sun. And as this comet is approaching the sun, it's made of dirt and ice and you know all sorts of stuff. And so it's breaking apart and it's moving and it's shifting. It's also getting exposed to more and more sunlight because it's getting closer. So this last Sunday, Christina, Filet woke up and sent a message to uh, its mothership, Rosetta, which is an orbiter that's actually orbiting this comet. And what did it say? Which is very exciting. What did the message say? It just said, hey, I'm alive, (laughs) basically. Uh, so the the way the lander is programmed is programmed to use its energy to stay warm, relatively warm, like negative 35 degrees Celsius, which is warm for space, I guess. Uh-huh. Um, so it uses that and then it has any remaining energy. Then it listens for signals from Rosetta. And then if it has any remaining energy after that, then it actually sends signals to Rosetta. But it can only... It, Rosetta can only hear it when the orbiting spacecraft is in certain spots anyway. So 
the fillet is alive on the surface of this comet and they're gearing up for some more science objectives. They're going to start being able to take more samples. They might even be able to try and use the drill again to drill into the surface of the comet and learn more about it that way. But it's all very exciting. It's all very exciting after, you know, over more than six months of hibernation on the comet. It's awake. I thought that was This actually cool. is exciting space. It is kind of cool. So here's this Rosetta spacecraft that's orbiting the comet. It's not actually... Or so the comet is so small that it doesn't have a gravitational pull. So the the Rosetta spacecraft isn't actually orbiting it. It has engines on it. And it's making a, doing a triangle around the comet. Like doing a triangular orbit, I guess. But it's powered by engines. It's not When is that going to run gravity. out of? Uh, they have enough resources meaning fuel, to last through September of next year. Okay. Uh, that said, it will probably it will probably uh, f- go away before then. Mm. The mission will probably end before then because um, even now, as this comet's getting closer to the sun, it's spewing off these jets of gas and dust and rocks and ice. And even just that is causing particles in the air that part of the way Rosetta tells where it is is by looking at the stars around it. It has these things called star trackers and these, this, these dusts and this stuff that sh- these jets of stuff that's shooting off from the comet is confusing the tracking systems on Rosetta. So Rosetta has to get in closer to the comet to talk to Filet, but then it, as it gets closer, there's also an increased danger of it getting hit by these debris and it causing problems and all that kind of stuff. So I thought that was kind of crazy. Another crazy thing. Have you ever heard of a solar sail? No. Or do you know what a solar sail is? I don't. It is. It it sounds, it is what it sounds like. It's uh, something that was talked about in science fiction. Solar panel is on sail? So, yeah, no. Oh. It's uh, like a sailboat in space mm. okay. that, that works instead of wind. It, it's solar energy that impacts a massive sail and pushes it through space. And so the Planetary Society, uh, whose head or president or CEO or whatever is Bill Nye, the science guy, mm-hmm. local local uh, local dude. The Planetary Society is planning to put a solar sail up, I think, in 2018. But they're doing a bunch of tests, and they just recently sent up a test one that, uh, after a bunch of software glitches and all that kind of stuff, they were able to deploy a mini a CubeSat version of the solar sail, which CubeSat is like a format of satellite that exists. That's like a cube, (laughs) 10 centimeters by 10 centimeters. So this light sail spacecraft was 10 centimeters by 30 centimeters. And it went, went up into space on a rocket with a bunch of other satellites and stuff deployed, opened up the satellite, flew around for a while, burned up in the atmosphere. But the exciting thing about this is that, as Bill Nye says, it will democratize space travel. So it's still very expensive to get these things into space, but it also opens up space travel to lots of agencies and organizations that maybe wouldn't have had it, wouldn't have access to space before because this, uh, you know, they don't have to put fuel up there for satellites if it's flying around with a solar sail because the sun shines all the time. It's free energy. So that's kind of cool. Yeah. Anyway, I had one more thing, but uh, I won't. Uh, I'll I'll share it. I'll share it later. It can wait. It's about a secret, a secret Air Force spaceship that 
is currently orbiting the Earth. That last time it was up there, it was up in space for over 600 days, and nobody actually knows what it does or what it's for. Hmm. But we'll uh, we'll wait until next time with that. So, Christina, um, let's uh, let's take this baby, let's take this baby in for a landing. We've got some very exciting shows come up coming up actually. Friend of the show, Chris Schulteis, the ultra runner, got into Western States, which is the Super Bowl of ultra marathons, which is where people uh, pay money oftentimes to run 100 miles through the woods in like consecutively for some ungodly reason. Um, And we're recording with Chris this weekend, actually, at Father's Day. We're going to record with him and share it with you for next week's show. That should be fun. And then we're hopefully going to get him on after the race to talk about it a little bit. Uh, We have uh, Craig from the Eureka podcast. We mentioned Jeremy earlier. Craig from the Eureka podcast. Uh, We're going to have him on to talk about baseball. We're still working out times with him, but that'll be fun. So if you have any questions about baseball or baseball stuff, you want us to ask Craig because he's a huge baseball nerd. Mm-hmm. Let us know about that one. Uh, the vegan, I've been talking about wanting to talk to a vegan. I think I've found a couple that are willing to come on the show, but st- I'm looking for more. So if you guys know anybody that's an incredible outspoken vegan and just passionate about veganism, is that a word? <laughs> I don't know. The vegan culture, living that Big, big life. Oh, geez. I don't know. Uh, we want to hear from them. And uh, if you or somebody that you know nerds out about something or have something that you're super passionate about, we would love to. Uh, we would love to talk to you or them or do a show about it. So you can find us all all the ways to contact us at nerdoutloudpod.com, Twitter, Facebook. Phone number, text message, voicemail, contact form. It's all on there. Nerdoutloudpod.com along with all the shows, all the show notes, links to all the stuff we talk about. Super easy to find us on there. Uh, Christina, I found out about this crazy subculture that I'm desperately trying to find somebody involved with so we can have them on the show. Do you know... uh, you know those little rail cars where people would like pump <laughs> like the old timey rail cars where the two okay. guys on it would like pump the little thing crank okay. back and forth and drive them along. So they, they're called speeders, these little tiny rail cars that they use to transport like crew around usually and maintenance crew to like other trains. It's a very small, like the size of a, a queen size bed. Mm-hmm. But it, it goes on railway tracks. Oftentimes they have engines in them so they can go. They're not actually human powered. Um, so they're called speeders. And there's a huge community of speeder enthusiasts that have these things and rebuild them and fix them up and all that stuff. These little train cars. But on top of that, there's a subculture of the railway speeder enthusiasts mm-hmm. of, of people that use these speeders to illegally travel the United States in Canada, like anywhere that there's rail lines, they use them to... That's really dangerous. It's super dangerous and it's super illegal. But there's... uh, And because it's illegal, there's a lot of secrecy around the community, but apparently it's a very vibrant, active community. I I do not like this. I I have family that are um, train engineers driving the trains, and this is a terrible idea. I'm not saying I want to do it. I'm saying I, I want to talk to somebody that does it mm. because that sounds amazing. But then let's have, let's have train 
like actual oh, train yeah. people. If they on. will come on, that would be fantastic. I would love to hear from them. So maybe maybe we can reach out to them and see if they know if they if they've ever heard of this. Or... We'll we'll discuss we'll discuss with them the speeder people yeah. and also people that get their family photos done on train tracks. Oh my god! <laughs> Do they have strong feelings about that? Yeah. Oh yeah. wow. Okay. All right. Well, that sounds like uh, that sounds like it could be a good show. Hopefully that works out. Okay, Christina. Never wait for cake. Be positive. <laughs> Let your nerd flag fly. Why did you just throw your thing down? Oh, it was funny for me, but nobody else saw you do it. Okay.